0: Oh, hasn't this been a wonderful day already? And uh, God's Spirit is so real. I like to be where the Spirit of the Lord is. And I don't want to be where that Spirit is not, either. Turn with me, will you, in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalms, this is where we oftentimes go when we need to hear from God. When uh, we are in stress. Trouble when we need an answer. We read from the Psalms in the the depth of our sorrow and, and disappointments. We read it in the height of our joy. Thank God for the Psalms. The Psalms we find both deity and humanity. Failure and success. Discouragement and faith. Sin and repentance, we find in the book of Psalms, God speaks to us, speaks to us in our sorrow, our disappointments, our struggles, our strife. Psalms are so um, encouraging. Looking now to the 61st Psalm, 61st Psalm. Hear my cry, O oh God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. But thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Thank you, O Lord, for your precious word. Your word, O God, that is forever settled in heaven. We thank you for your word, O Lord, that is powerful. And may the power of your word grip our hearts tonight as we study it and meditate upon it. Lord, even as you've anointed your word and promised that it would never return unto your void, I ask you to anoint your servant tonight, O Lord. Give me that function to function, that anointing that breaks every yoke, that I may speak and that the words that I speak might be the words that the people need to hear and will be blessed by them. I pray it in the wonderful name, the name that is above everything, Pray it in the name of Jesus. And all the church said, amen. This 61st Psalm is a powerful word from God. It's a word from uh, David as he cries out unto God. It's uh, the historical background for this particular Psalm is Found in Second Samuel, the fifteenth through the eighteenth chapters. If you read there, when you get home, you'll find that that is the occasion when uh, Absalom had rebelled against his father to take away the kingdom from him. You see there the see the treachery of Ahithophel, who was the king's counselor whom he depended upon, who had now sided with Absalom. And Absalom had raised up an army, was on his way to Jerusalem, the kingly city, the holy city, there to take away the throne from his own father. David, realizing that he's coming and not wanting to destroy that beautiful city, decided to leave Jerusalem. Traveled across the desert and all the way across the Jordan River to a city by the name of Maham on the east side of the Jordan. And it was from there he cried and said, From the end of the earth will I cry. David felt like he had gone as far as he could go, he was at the end of his rope, he had left the holy city said, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. I tell you what, no matter how far you may get, no matter how bad your circumstances may be, you'll never get too far from God, for he is always there. Whether shall I go from thy presence, and whether shall I flee from thy spirit, for I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand hold. You can't get away from God. Here was David fleeing from his life, fleeing from his own son Absalom, whom he loved. Now at this end of the earth, he calls. He says, "When my heart is overwhelmed, then will I cry unto Thee, O Lord. Lead me to the rock that is." Higher than I. There's a wonderful word in uh, Exodus, the thirty-third chapter. Uh, God gave unto Moses. You remember Moses had been up on the mountain now for forty days, and there he had communed with God, and uh, God had given to him the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. And yet, when he gets back down to the at the foot of the Mount Sinai, horrible. He uh, sees that the people had turned away from God, and now they're worshiping a golden calf in lieu of worshiping God. It was so distressing to uh, to Moses until he threw down those tablets of stone and broke them into pieces and went down and rebuked the people and took that golden calf and ground it into little bits and mixed it with water and. Made the people drink it. That's the first case of instant golden calf. Moses was the first one to break the commandments. Now Moses, overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the, the treachery of his people, realizing how that they had failed their God who had done so much for them, who had delivered them from Egypt bondage and had provided for them. And who was continually providing for them. It says, When my heart was overwhelmed, then I cried unto God, Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Understand, in the Revised Standard Version, there, in the parentheses, it says, The rock that's too high for me. The rock that is too high for me. And understand, That's what it really means in the Hebrew. Why would would he ever pray such a prayer? We want God to lead us to a rock that we can get on. We want some place of safety and security that we can find our footing. But now here is David that's saying, lead me to the rock that's too high for me. Why would we ever pray such a prayer? Lead me to the rock that's too high for me. You see, we've got to go to the rock that we can't handle by ourselves. What he is saying, in essence, lead me to the rock that's too high for me. And when I get to that rock that's too big for me, I want you to pick me up, oh God, and set me on that rock and place my feet on solid ground and give me security. Let me get close to you, Lord. Lead me to the rock that's that's too high for me. Isn't God always doing that? Leading us to something that is too big for us? Too difficult for us? Beyond our reach? That we've got to have God to help us? We can't make it by ourselves. We'll never be successful by ourselves. We've got to have God's help, God's anointing, and God's provision. If we're going to have God's blessing. God is here tonight to lead you to that rock that's too high for you. When he gets you to that rock, he'll take it, pick you up, place you on that rock that's secure. One that you can stand on. He said, uh, When my heart was overwhelmed, overwhelmed, there are many today who are overwhelmed. Overwhelmed means to pour down on or to bury beneath or crush or overpower. Overwhelmed. I would imagine. Given the opportunity tonight, there's some of you in this building who'd say I'm overwhelmed. The things that I'm facing, the things that are I'm up against, it, it just pours down upon me. It bears me under. It crushes me down. I'm overwhelmed. Well, some of the biggest problems that Americans face today is stress or overstress or distress would we face, the different problems that we have to face. Now stress, all stress is not bad. In fact, some stress is good. And we're all going to have stress. Stress of one sort or another. But the problem comes when we're overstressed, or distressed, or discouraged, or defeated. They... Uh, Dr. Thomas Holmes and some more people at his university uh, conducted a a survey and came up with what they call Holmes' stress chart. Maybe some of you have heard of that Holmes' stress chart. And uh, in that study, they found that there's different events that will cause people to have stress. And that if anyone... And they they created what they call life change units. And that's when certain things happen in their life. And it causes this stress or distress. And anytime anyone gets over 200 life changing units, LCU, then that person is subject to a heart attack or a health failure. Now some of the things gives us more stress than and others in this list that I have of his, uh, there's a, a, a various things that give more stress. For instance, the death of a spouse would give you 100 life-changing units. Uh, and a divorce would be 73 units. Or a personal injury would be 53 units. And uh, uh, a change in, in uh, jobs will give you a certain number of LCUs. Change of residence. Even a vacation will give you 13, I believe it is, points. Christmas gives you 12. How many knows Christmas can be stressful? And uh, even marriage will give you stress. Or get it married. Well, we can understand that. Stress that comes to us. Now, just because we are overwhelmed, some sudden unexpected twist in the road such as a death of a loved one or a bitter illness that's pinched the, the glow of health from our cheeks or some financial reverses that have kept us twisting and turning all night trying to find a solution of different stress points. Is it wrong to be overcome? If we're overcome, if we're facing these problems, does it, does it make us less of a Christian? I don't think so. For everyone is going to face stresses in their life. Does that mean that you don't have faith? I don't think so. Or is it in this intrusion of difficulty indicative of sin in your life? Not necessarily. But we're all going to have time when we are experiencing that overwhelming experience, when I don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn, I, I, I need help, but, but I don't know where to get help, I'm over overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Sometimes we're overwhelmed in the, our situation or the circumstances of life. For all of us have different difficulties in our living. Maybe it's uh, our jobs that are giving us stress. Maybe where we work or where we go to school. Or maybe it's in the home. There's these stress points that we all face from time to time. The psalmist David, a man after God's own heart, said my heart was overwhelmed. I was to a place I didn't know what to do. Son has risen up against me. We become overwhelmed. Some businessmen are have become overwhelmed in their business to the point that they've been so brought their business so much crowded into their life until they've crowded Christ out of their life, and suddenly their main emphasis is not not Christ, but their business or their job or over. We can become so overwhelmed until we uh, come to church and our mind is everywhere except being in a church. We we come to church and it's amazing uh, all that we do while we're in church that's not churchy. We can be cooking dinner or we can be cleaning the house or we can be repairing a car. All those things are going on in our mind even while we're supposed to have our minds fixed on Jesus. And as a result of that stress, distress, we fail to reach out to God. We fail to hear from God. We fail to feel the touch of God on our life. Overwhelmed. We can become overwhelmed in the circumstances of our life, the situations that we, we face in life. I think of a mother who, I don't guess there is any more stressful job in the world than being a mother that cared for the children and the home and uh, how stressful that can be. And particularly for those who are also working on, a, on another job. I, I, I see my own daughter and all the things she has to do. I feel for her. I know that, that there has to be an overwhelming stress that she faces. We need to come to that place when we feel that stress that we cry out unto God. When my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When I can't do it God I need you to help me. I need you to help me do it. I may be talking to some young person here tonight that that uh, is caught up in the stress of, of this world. It, it, surely you have come into the world at a very stressful time. In the church world, you. sometimes I'm glad I'm getting old that I don't have to face some of the things that the young people are facing. And my heart is overwhelmed. Then will I cry unto thee, O oh Lord. Lead me to the rock that is higher than. Sometimes we're overwhelmed in the situation and sometimes we're overwhelmed in the service. In the service for God, we can become overwhelmed when the various things that we're trying to do and we can't seem to to get it done. There are times when we just are tempted to give it up. and Let somebody else take over. We're still functioning in the office, but the old zip and zest is missing. We're going through the functions, but we don't have the spirit of the thing. In fact, sometimes we just want to do it and get it over with. So we can just move on to something else. Overwhelmed in the service. It may be from heavy pressure from the enemy. For the enemy is out to discourage you and to destroy you. He'll do everything he can to defeat you. Might be the indifference on the part of those that we're trying to help. Have you ever noticed sometimes those that you try the hardest to help are the ones that appreciate it the least. Sometimes those who you reach out to will let you down, indifferent. You prepared your Sunday school lesson, but the, the class has other things on their mind and not really interested in and in what you've got to say. You plan for the music, and you've. Uh, Prepared for it and practiced for it. And yet, when you get to church, it seems like nobody's interested in it and everybody's sitting back and waiting for somebody else to pray the Spirit down. could be that we're just taking on too much. Someone has said the two letters of the alphabet we need to learn is the two middle letters of the alphabet. That's N-O comes a time when we need to say no. Maybe just take it on too much. Never let the wonder of it be lost in the work of it and to the place that we get to where it's not a joy, it's not a blessing, it's not an encouragement, it's not uplifting. Do the work of the Lord. You remember when John the Baptist was beheaded word got back to Jesus. The disciples had just come in from a a, a mission, a preaching uh, mission. And Jesus got this word about John's death. And uh, he could have said to the disciples that, now John is dead. So now we've got to do double time. We've got to put forth more effort. John is no longer here. And so we've got to do more. But what did Jesus say to the disciples? Not you got to do more," he said. "Let us come aside and rest. There comes a time when we need to rest. You remember the story of Elijah when he had been up on Mount Carmel and uh, had uh, had uh, called down fire from heaven and it consumed the sacrifices. You remember how he had gone and prayed and and uh, for it to rain, and then the, and they came back with. Saying there's a cloud like as into a man's hand. I don't know if it was in the shape of a man's hand or the size of a man's hand. But as far as Elijah was concerned, it wasn't a man's hand at all. It was the hand of God moving in in answer to his prayer, knowing that God was able to send rain as surely as He was able to send fire. Oh, what a picture they took the prophets of Baal out and destroyed them. And then uh, Elijah says to Ahab, you better get in your chariot and head for Jezreel because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And the Bible tells us that Elijah girded up himself. Ahab was one of the finest chariots. Undoubtedly it was. With the best horses. Undoubtedly it was. But the Bible tells us that Elijah girded up himself And out ran Ahab's chariot into the city. Ho, glory be to God. You talk about Olympic records, surely he passed them up that day. Then he got word from Jezebel that said that by this time tomorrow, you're going to be just as dead as those prophets are. And Elijah goes into the, the wilderness and lays down under. Uh, juniper tree and a uh, bush tree and says, God let me die. What's the matter with the life? What's the matter with the life? He had just seen God send down fire. He had uh, already seen this rain that had been stayed for three and a half years. He had outran Ahab's chariots into the city. The people had turned to, uh, to God and recognized Jehovah as God. Now Elijah says, just let me die. He lost the anointing. Now he was in despair. He had had the anointing. He had had the anointing when he had prayed, when he confronted the prophets of Baal. Had the anointing when he outran the chariot. But now he got a word so overwhelmed, He lays down and says, let me die. What did God do? What did God, do? God put him to sleep. And uh, woke him up. Fed him. And put him to sleep. Hmm. You see, sometimes the most holy thing you can do is rest. rest. Elijah found that out ate that food and was able to go for 40 days in the wilderness over Mount Hora under the strength. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're wrestling with the devil. We're not wrestling with one another, but we're wrestling with the devil. And in order to wrestle with him, we need to be equipped to wrestle with him. Have you ever noticed that in the word wrestle, in the very middle of it is R-E-S-T. Rest. Rest in the midst of our problems and our troubles. Rest there. Overwhelmed in sorrow. Sometimes we can just be overwhelmed in sorrow. A loved one dies. Or when a great disappointment comes our way. When we thought we had it figure it out, we thought the answer was coming. It didn't it didn't come. Those disappointments in life, those people that you thought was your friend ends up working against you. Disappointments. Overwhelmed in the disappointments. Overwhelmed in our sorrow, overwhelmed in our problems, overwhelmed in our sickness. And our sickness and when we get sick, it seems like everything else has to take back seat and we've got to Deal with that sickness. Whether it be an immediate sickness or a long-lasting sickness, it can seem like it's just overwhelmed. You prayed and you prayed, you're sick, you've asked God to heal. The Bible says, and with his stripes we are healed, yet we're not healed. We prayed, we've had other people to pray, we've been anointed with oil, yet we're still not well. We're overwhelmed in our sickness. wonder the word? words. Why hasn't he helped me. Over Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed in sin. The woman at the well was overwhelmed with sin because she came at noontime getting her water. Overwhelmed in sin. The woman that was caught in the very act of adultery had no excuse. Overwhelmed. Peter, who denied the Lord, was overwhelmed in his sin. Went out and wept bitterly. Overwhelmed. Peter, who had denied the Lord. Peter, who was such a servant of the Lord, yet had failed God. You remember when uh, they were out on the sea and at nighttime and they were struggling and there was a storm up and then Jesus came unto them walking on the water. And uh, Peter, seeing Him, said, Lord, if it's really You, bid me come to You on the water. Oh, Peter was so brave and brash and bold uh, that he would ask to do what Jesus did. Jesus said, come. Now, isn't it amazing how God don't have to use a lot of words to get his message across? Come. That's all he said to come. I don't know about you, but if that had been me, I'd have wanted more than just come. I'd want to know how. How am I going? To But Peter stepped out on the water start started walking to Jesus on the water. That's one of the main things we remember about Peter, isn't it? That he started walking on the water and sank. But listen, he at least walked on the water. That's more than most of us. I don't know if any of us have done that. And he knew what to do when he did fail. He cried out, Jesus, Savior. Jesus. Simple prayer. Jesus saved me. I've wondered how he did it. I like to think that Jesus, when he heard Peter say, Jesus saved me, Jesus reached down his hand and picked Peter up. And he who had walked on water and had sank in the water got up and walked. Aren't you glad that just because we sing, we don't have to go up there. We don't have to be totally defeated. We could call on Jesus and he will hear us. For he is always there. He's always there and he always cares for us. Overwhelmed. The uh, Augustus Caplady was out on a, walk one day when suddenly there came a storm. So it's told that he looking up in the rocks found a cleft in the rock and went into that cleft or cave and there he was able to find total refuge from the storm. Safety from the wind. Safety from the rain. So it wouldn't it didn't even bother him. When the storm was over, it said that he picked up a Piece of dirty paper. Some have said it was, oh, it was a playing card. He picked it up and he began to write those immortal words. Rock of ages left for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the waters and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be a double cure, safe from wrath. There's safety in Jesus. We're overwhelmed by temptation. But the Bible says he will never allow us to be tempted above that which we're able to bear. But with every temptation he'll make a, a way of escape. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with troubles. The Bible says in this world you shall have tribulation. You can count on it. In this world you shall have tribulation. But be not dismayed for I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. We don't have to be tempted to the place that we fall, but we call on God and he helps us. uh, We're overwhelmed by tests and trials. I think about Job. If anybody had a right to complain, it would certainly be Job that he had done nothing wrong. He had served God. God had blessed him. And now he lost everything. He lost his sheep. He lost his camels. He lost his children. He lost his health. And he had done nothing wrong. And all of his friends could say, your problem is you've done something wrong and you need to confess it. He had done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. But now here, 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 Job, as he responds, when he says, God knows the way that I take. And when I am tried. I shall come forth as gold. Hallelujah. He had said he wanted to find God. Oh, he said, I wish I could find God. I wish I could come to a seat. I could talk to him. But I can't find God. I don't know where God is. But he is saying here, I don't know where God is, but God. Knows where I am, and he's concerned about me. And when I go through this test, I shall come forth as gold. I'm gonna have the victory. I'm gonna have the victory. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Yeah, you know, Peter sinking, cried out unto God. And they said, Help me. Take this hand and hold it fast. The journey through until at last, still guided by thy loving hand, with Thee I reach the glory land, and hand in hand. There are many rocks in the Bible. We, we, we found in Ezekiel the third. I mean Exodus the thirty-third chapter, where you found the glory of God, where God told uh, Moses, "There is a place by me." And thou shalt stand upon the rock. Hey, there is a place, by God, and we can stand upon the rock. When my heart is overwhelmed, then will I cry unto thee, O Lord. Lead me to that rock, to that rock that is higher than I. You remember the people were rebellious and complaining to Moses for they had no water. God told him to take that rod, that same rod that he had cast over the the Red Sea and it had parted. He said, take that rod and go there to Horeb and take that rod and smite the rock there. And he did and the waters came gushing forth. It was the same rod that Moses had when uh, he stood on the mountain and Aaron and Her held up his hands. The banner of God, that rod, and as long as he held up the banner... Then Israel prevailed against the enemy. Oh, the glory of God, the water of life. And then uh, you remember in Judges, the sixth chapter, it tells where Gideon, the angel came to Gideon and said, Blessed art thou, O mighty man of valor. Here was Gideon hiding behind the wine press threshing out the wheat. And the angel calls him a mighty man of valor. It wasn't because what he was doing then, that he called him a mighty man of valor, is about what God was fixing to do with him. Hey, God can see beyond where you are and see where you're going. And he sees that you are a man, a woman of valor. Oh, yeah. And so Gideon goes and gets this goat and cuts it up and and uh, makes a broth and get, takes the unleavened bread and he brings it back to the angel of God. And the angel says, take and." and put that uh, the meat on the, or this rock, and also put the bread on this rock. But you can take the broth and just pour it out as an as a offering unto God. He said, you do that. And when he did that, he took this rod, the angel rod, and touched the meat, and he touched the bread. And the Bible tells us that rock, that fire came out of the rock. Did you hear that? He didn't say it came down from heaven. We see that on other occasions. But this time it says, fire came out of the rock. Hey, don't limit God. Don't limit God. He'll do it the way he wants to do it. Not the way we want to do it. Oh my. Job talks about the the rock where the oil comes out out of it. The psalmist talks about the rock, that there's honey in the rock. Oh yes, there's honey in the rock, my brother. Different rock. Jesus, but now here is David saying, when my heart is overwhelmed, then will I cry unto thee, O God? Lead me to the Lord that is higher than I. Do you feel overwhelmed? Is there anything that you're facing, problem, solved, situation at work? Maybe it's trouble in the family. Maybe it's a financial problem. That you need some help, just over beyond you. You need to. You see, you can never get a miracle till it gets beyond you. So long as you can do it, it's not a miracle. But when it gets beyond you, God still works. There's a story that is told of uh, some deep sea diver diving out in the ocean. And uh, before this diver went into the water, the captain of the ship says to him, now these are dangerous waters, dangerous waters. They're octopi in these waters. And you have to be very careful, or they'll destroy you. They'll come and get a hold of you and take you deeper and deeper and deeper into the water. Wrap their arms around you until it squeezes the very life out of you. It says, when you get into the water and an octopus comes up, says, don't fight with that arm. Don't fight. But while you're struggling with that one arm that he puts around you, you're trying to get free. He'll put another arm. And while you struggle with that, he'll put another arm around you and then another arm and then another arm until all eight arms are wrapped around you and they begin to squeeze you and squeeze you and take you lower and lower and lower and empty. Take mind. He says if an octopus comes, don't fight him with your own strength. But instead of fighting, just start, moving up or going up closer and closer and closer to the surface. Get higher. He says, after a while, that octopus cannot stand the pressure of the water around him. will have to turn loose. You'll be safe. Mm. We don't have to struggle. Move up. Move up just a little higher. Lead me to the rock. That's too high for me. Pick me up a moment. Set my feet firmly on that rock. Security. Heavenly Father, would you take these few fumbling words of mine tonight, drive them home to the hero. Those that needed it, O oh Lord. Those that you had planned to hear it. ask you, Lord, to drive it home. Not only that we will hear it, but we'll receive it. We'll cry unto when My heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock. It's too high. Did you give Brother Minor a great big God bless you. Did you enjoy that word tonight? Praise God. I said, did you enjoy that word? Praise God. Amen. Brother and Sister Minor, we want to express our gratitude to both of you.